What's that? Wait, what, we're trying to understand your language. What's that? Did you, did you say did you say music? Music? Oh, oh, music. Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast. We are going to watch every single movie released by New World Pictures. My name's Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Oh, the Dodgers. <laughs> and Erica. <laughs> and we are in the thick of disastuary. That's right. If you uh, have checked out our Up From The Depths episode, as well as our nearly New World meteor episode uh which the clip we just played from uh you were all caught up but uh this episode we're going to continue on and uh, talking about the disaster films released by new world pictures with 1978's the bees for more than 20 years scientists have known that a swarm of killer bees has been headed towards the united states now Warner Brothers presents Irwin Allen's The Swarm. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. Uh, sorry. Uh, that, Wait, that, that's The what? Swarm. I'm sorry. That's 1978's I... The Swarm. Oh, it's very oh, confusing. Oh, sorry. It's I, very had, cons- I had the wrong clip. Wrong no, it's, clip. it's just, it's confusing. It's, you know. I know. It's, it, I, yeah. you know. But let, we're talking about The Bees, also from 1978, The Bees. Okay. Uh, and here it is. There's been a mutation new strain and though it's out of control this is an ultimatum Either we share this world with them, or we vanish as a species. Would you mind? You're not listening to me. Now you leave them no choice. That's right. Uh, The Bees from 1978, brought to you by Honda. Don't miss our confusing flow to the 1978 Tournament of Roses Parade, which is Tom Sawyer, perhaps? (laughs) Huckleberry Finn? Who can tell? (laughs) Also, what does that have to do with Honda? It doesn't matter because sometimes a little confusion can put you on the road to happiness, which is the theme of 1978's Tournament of Roses Parade. Uh, I thought it was brought I thought it was brought to you by Winchell's because (laughs) Winchell's donut. We'll send you on the road to happiness every time. You want a lemon filled? Go to Winchell's. They can also get you killed in a bathroom at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) 
You just want to have your secret donut in a beach bathroom. The bee is going to come after you. It also could have been Dr. Pepper as well. But um, uh, this is directed and produced by Alfredo Zacharias, who would go on to direct 1981's Demonoid and who brought this project to Corman after his son gave him a jar of honey from Killer Bees that he got from Knott's Berry Farm. That's really? how he had got the idea for this. So <clears throat> Alfredo's dad, Miguel, is also a producer on this film. He knew Corman because they worked together on 1973's I Escape from Devil's Island, which Corman produced for United Artists, so nearly new world for us, eventually. And no! Uh, no! <laughs> no! Yeah, and that was uh, shot. Oh. That was shot in Acapulco, Mexico. Much like I Escaped from Devil's Island, which was a riff on uh, the novel Papillon, the movie version of which was filming at the same time, The Bees was made in advance of the famed disaster film uh, The Swarm from producer Irwin Allen, who produced Poseidon Adventure and Tower of Inferno. Um, Ronald Neem, who directed Poseidon Adventure, also mm-hmm. directed Meteor, our episode from last mm-hmm. week. This was written by a uncredited Jack Hill, who had directed The Big Dollhouse and The Big Birdcage for New World, but at this point had moved on, and he had directed um, Pam Greer and a couple movies, Coffee and Foxy Brown. Um, and But following 1975 Switchblade Sisters, Hill was having trouble getting work, despite the success of his films. Um, he wasn't getting any work. People weren't giving that work to him. Um, so he took writing jobs, one of which was to write The Bees. Hmm. Uh, he was actually supposed to direct this film, but um, uh, I'm going to read a quote from him from a book about Jack Hill called Jack Hill, The Exploitation of Black Exploitation Master. Um, he said, quote, I was always supposed to direct The Bees, but on the first day of shooting, the producer told me that I wasn't allowed to make it because of union laws, and he ended up doing it himself. So he's talking about Alfredo Zacharias. The bad, that was bad news for me. I had gone down to Mexico, cast the actors and everything. I even did the rehearsals on the first day. It was just a total double cross. Double cross. It was just a total double cross, but I took some money to get out of it. This stars John Saxon as Dr. John Norman. So like a real, a real stretch of a name. Saxon had just appeared in New World's Moonshine County Express the year before, and he would eventually appear in New World's Battle Beyond the Stars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, he's still riding high from uh, Enter the Dragon, which came out earlier in the 70s, and that explains a scene where he ties the black belt around her and is, you know... Well, he uh, corrects the tie. Yes, she tied it correctly. Yes. Just really quickly, though, do you know where at Knott's Berry Farm that these Amazon bees, that bee honey was being sold? Was this at Ghost Town or Calico? <laughs> uh, was it at Calico Park or Fiesta Village? I'm just curious, as a frequent visitor of Knott's Berry Farm, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know if there's maybe some lying around that I could pick up. I know that you can make a lot of money. The, what this movie showed me is you can make a lot of money off of a honey. A lot of money. It's a very lucrative. Of of honey. So Killer bee honey if, is very lucrative. I, I don't feel know. like it's he never not, too late. He did not go into detail into where in Nosbury Farm his son bought him this honey. But um, <laughs> this was also in the 1970s. I, I know that the park has changed just slightly since then. While I wasn't maybe a huge fan of this movie at the beginning... 
I have a kinship with this movie now. Oh. Because <laughs> of Knott's Berry Farm. Real connection. Because of Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. Um, and this also stars Angel Tompkins as Sandra Miller, uh, friend, lover, and sometimes wife to be scientists. Uh, <laughs> Temporary wife. Uh, Tompkins got her start in 1970s. I love my wife, which earned her a Golden Globe nomination. Ah, I love their mugs. <laughs> and then appeared <laughs> in 1972's Prime Cut with Lee Marvin and Gene Hackman. 1973's The Dawn is Dead and probably her uh, most famous role, 1974's The Teacher. She sort of drops out uh, of acting after this, appearing here and there, just one, a couple TV shows. Um, but then she started up again in the 1980s with roles in The Naked Cage and Murphy's Law. She was also a uh, Playboy bunny, uh, play, Playboy playmate um, throughout most of the early 70s as well. Wow. So. Uh, oddly enough, uh, the movie where she does not get naked is the one produced by Roger Corman. So she's still like in a nightgown or some sort of like she does enter negligee. the movie <laughs> in a negligee. Thank you for Ugh. using that word. Appropriate. Everything she wears is very thin. I would yes. say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Lightweight. If you want to watch Light. the bees and you haven't seen this, uh, we we watched the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. But uh, which is available on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, but you can also find this on Tubi. So you can watch it oh. there. Tubi, Tubi. <laughs> Tubi, still buy, buy Erica's uh, little theme song <laughs> you for you. You heard it here first. So when they eventually just rip me off. <laughs> so if you need to pause this podcast and go watch it on. Tubi, Tubi. And to, if you've come back, welcome back. Now we're going to talk about this. what this movie's about. Mark, let's start with you. This movie is it's simple. It's about the seedy underbelly of government collusion with big honey. Yep. That's right. That's right. I agree. I called this I, I thought this was the classic struggle between science and big sugar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what this movie doesn't cover is when uh, the corn syrup people got in the game and were yeah, like, fuck yeah, all y'all. Yeah, they we're going to run then, this down now. Right. That was supposed to be the bees part two, but the <laughs> exactly. natural next, next the step. The corns. The corns. <laughs> Erica, what uh, what's this movie about? Uh, bee attacks. <laughs> Was it? Was there some other? Was there a bee? Was there a bee story that I missed? <laughs> Get it? A B stories? B, B like because it was called the bees. I'd say you're half right because this movie is a mix between bee attacks and mm-hmm. the silly antics of bee scientists. Yeah, because you have this movie yep. keeps going back and forth between people being killed by bees on Venice Beach. Yep. To scientists in New York that are just like having fun, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. figuring shit yeah. out, getting horny. It's just and fun. Then, <laughs> and, then, and, and then it gets serious in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But until then, it's just a fun romp. Yeah. Until then, it's mostly just With about some people dying, but also some fun stuff yeah. in a lab. Some light bee-related bee deaths. A woman whose husband just died a month before, and she cannot turn down the pheromone of the Saxon. And <laughs> no. she, it, so it's, Too strong. It's, like a, it's Too strong. a romp between her uncle Ziggy, 
and the Saxon just hanging out and learning shit about bees. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. meantime, people are fucking dying mm-hmm. yeah. all over the place from bee attacks. Yeah. But they're just – here's the thing. This movie shows – a lot of movies when tragedy happens, when when the, the end of the world is is at your doorstep, a lot of movies have people – they gear up. They get aggressive. They tackle this with earnest. It shows that you don't have to. You can just kind of chill out and goof around with your family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eventually you'll figure it out. And yeah. that gave me hope. That gave me hope personally. That yeah, well, when, but do when they, shit do goes they figure it out, Mark? I mean, that's the thing. Well, I mean, do they figure it out? <laughs> Well, I mean, I they would, celebrate I, as if they yeah, figured it out. Yeah, I mean, that's because this movie ends a couple times, and it's like, it does feel like, oh, they figured it out. But then there's also the end of the movie, the actual end, which... which I, I, I'm not going to give away the end, but I will just, as a as a, a preview. <laughs> well, I don't... You can't give away the end. It doesn't have an end. It does end. It ends. It ends The movie abruptly. will end. Eventually, it ends. It, it's an abrupt ending. It is yeah. a... If Hal Hartley made a B, an African Follow B us, movie. 90s indie scene fans. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Hal Hartley yeah. African oh, B cool. movie. Uh, a touchstone everyone gets. <laughs> Way to bring people in, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> this is the trust of B movies. <laughs> there you go. They go deeper. Go deeper into it. Well, let's get into the letterbox synopsis. Why not? Corporate smuggling of South American killer bees in the United States results in huge swarms terrorizing the Northern Hemisphere. Okay. Okay. Or America, let's say. Mm-hmm. Also, small... Brazil is in the Southern Hemisphere, but... Right. That's but right. Yeah, okay. that's okay. Sure. A small team of scientists work desperately to destroy the threat. We just mentioned they didn't, and they don't. <laughs> but they do have fun. Trying to figure it out. A lot of fun. But the bees soon mutate. They don't do it too soon. They do it at the end. Into a super intelligent species that threatens the world. It, it would be smart for that plot point to actually happen during the movie. It doesn't. It happens at the tail end of the movie. But um, it does start with a voiceover that introduces the concept of killer bees, which I, I just thought was interesting because, you know, there was indeed a scare about killer bees in the 1970s being uh, very nervous that killer bees were going to come out of South America and they were going to end up in America, which, you know, frankly, they did in the 1980s. But uh, it became a very big scare that we were like, oh, no, these uh, this is a hybrid between the European and African bees after they discovered that European bees were too unproductive in the warm climate of Brazil. So they decided to mutate them. And uh, that would increase their honey production because African bees are a little bit more uh, aggressive, aggressive, I guess. And uh, so they created a more aggressive form of bee. And then that started to spread through South America. And the problem was, is they would become a little protective of their hives. That's essentially as scary as bees got. But it did create this scare about, you know, killer bees. Um, and so this starts right away with a father and son breaking into uh, UNESCO. How do what, how do we say this acronym? UNESCO. A, UNESCO, right? UNESCO. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Agricultural Experimental Station, um, which I thought was kind of funny. It's not unlike 
Piranha, which is uh, which is coming out in the same year, where they just sort of happen upon this experimental area. Only these guys are using a ladder and breaking in to an experimental station that says "Keep Out," uh, and they're doing so to try to steal the honey. Um, right, and they, they go through the the uh, task of picking the lock, and when he picks the lock and opens the door. The hinge of the door is not attached to mm-hmm. the door frame, so you could have just pulled the door off. Yep, like, <laughs> which is also the best way to keep your killer bees contained. Mm-hmm. There's a door that you just have to just kind of fit into the spot. <laughs> keep That's that'll be good. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, and running the station, we got this is something I didn't know about bees, but bee people are horny, and that explains the Millers who uh, run these bee experiments, but not for long because the angry townspeople attack mm-hmm. after the little boy died of bee stings, uh, which they did because he jumps in the river. So apparently he got stung through the water. I didn't realize killer bees could do that, but I guess they can do whatever. Yeah, they can. But the Millers, That's what uh, I learned. Sandra, <laughs> Sandra and Franklin. Mm-hmm. Franklin yeah. Miller yeah. has... There's never been a Franklin that's looked more Franklin than Franklin Miller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, luckily, Franklin knows how to talk to the people. Let's hit that clip. Wait! What do you mean, one here? All right, all right, I understand. Now listen to me. I know you know like Devil Bee, but I did not bring Devil Bees. Devil Bee's already here, and next year more. In two years, many, many more abeyas do diabo. Unless, unless I fix Devil Bee so she not stinks so bad. Then Devil Bee good be make plenty honey. You get honey, sell in market, make plenty money. But I need time. Time to turn abeja do diabo into good bee. So go home now. <laughs> no. That's I what mean, made he, her fall in love with him. He's got a way with a, words. That is the most condescending... <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey everyone, I, calm down. I'm gonna ch- talk to you like you are idiots. I, I don't make devil be. <laughs> you're you're teaching like, poor conjugation. It, yeah, uh, that's no like, way. That's, that's not this, the way to do it. I was like, does this guy think this is how the Mexican people will understand his English if he just speaks it in broken words? And I was like, well, what is what is this guy doing? And then I realized that Dr. Miller is actually played by Mexican actor Claudio Brooke. I was like, what is up with his weird English? I was like, this is extremely condescending to Mexicans. Yeah. Uh, but then he actually is a Mexican actor. He worked with uh, Louis Buñuel. He actually appears in 1976's Foxtrot, which was released by New World Pictures. But this is just not a good negotiation tactic to be like, <laughs> I'm going to speak to you like, you know, you can barely understand any English. Mm-hmm. Which um, is funny <clears throat> because this is a little bit of a red herring for me. I found that this movie, one of the subplots of this movie, is it is a masterclass of business negotiation, which we'll get into. Oh, but sure. This was a poor example, which maybe makes it a better masterclass because you start with this is how bad to do negotiation. That's right. This is bad in negotiation. Where do now they get the good negotiations? I have some examples that we'll get to as we, okay. as we talk a little bit more. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we can skip around, but we, we, we do leave Mexico because, of course, this ends poorly, as that, I mean, as that little speech would imply, 
The, the townspeople <laughs> don't go for that. They're like, nah, actually, you know what? You did kill a kid. We're going to burn your place to the ground. So we move to New York City where Sandra has gone to help John Saxon to what? What was she going he's, there for? He's working on bees and he's mm-hmm. friends with her uncle Ziggy. And I and she brought bees with her in a makeup case, which I don't think they would have lived. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, and everyone wants to get into this case. Yeah, and the one thing Thieves in the elevator, John Saxon's girlfriend, Mm -hmm. everyone wants it. No one can leave this case alone. The girlfriend is like a spy because her name's Alicia, Alicia. Mm -hmm. And it it, it immediately makes you think this is sort of a James Bondish mystery movie, which it's not, by the way. Not at all. No, no. She also also never comes back. He's kissing her when she walks in. And he's immediately like, oh, she's leaving. Get out. And she never returns to this movie. Mm-hmm. Because well, he this- sees another B person and he's like, you got to go because B people get down. That's well, yeah. how that's how B You got to read work. the room. She read yeah. the room and was like, shit, You're not I a B person. You B need people. to get. Because mm-hmm. B people like to get funky together. This is... <laughs> You're a B person. You're widowed. Yeah, I mean, you got it's... a weird uncle. Right. Let's go. Yeah, she, I mean, her husband's been dead for at least a day. No, Things it are going to happen. Days. It was a month ago. That oh, it was, was it a month, month before? Okay. Because yeah. okay. the, the timeline of this the movie is timeline insane. Of this movie. It's it's so, impossible. I watched this movie a second time just mm-hmm. for the timeline because I was like, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. And then because, by the end, again, I keep I don't want to keep harping on this point, but. By the time you end the movie, you're like, why wasn't all why wasn't all of this earlier? Why was this in the <laughs> right. order it was in? Right. It doesn't right, make right, any right. sense in this order. What let's let's talk about Uncle Ziggy real quick. Um, oh boy. Played by John Carradine in a German accent that was not necessary and <laughs> no. is so no. and hard it- to decipher. And is as loose <sighs> as how people are carrying uh, oh, yes. this whole movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As loose as the bee care <laughs> is his accent. Um, oh. Zachariah said that Carradine was actually having trouble getting work because he had a lot of health issues at that time. Oh. Um, so that's why he was cast. Though Carradine also appeared in Sirio Santiago's Vampire Hookers and Al Adamson's Dr. Dracula in the same year. And I actually thought it was interesting that Carradine, uh, or John Carradine rather, um, it was in only like really this one for new world pictures. Cause he was almost doing exclusively exploitation films in the 1970s. So it's odd to me that he only shows up in this Of course, his sons, um, David Carradine shows up. Yeah. They were a, stealing all the work. Robert Carradine show up a lot more in new world. They films than him, but yeah. Bone. They weren't throwing him a bone. Um, and, uh, but yeah, uh, he, he is so, also in a a big role in this movie. Big, big role. He is role. in a and, lot of this movie. And it doesn't feel like he learned a single line. It feels like he was winging it through the oh, entire yeah. movie. Yeah. The scenes between him and Sandra, you can you there are many times that she's reacting to him and you mm-hmm. you I believe she's improvising because she's like, I have no idea where you're going with this. And I'm just, I'm just trying to follow along. 
I, the, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they could even understand him. Uh, I had a hard time <laughs> understanding him. There is a scene uh, where he explains what's happening with the bees to John Saxon. And I, I had to rewind it and actually put on the subtitles. I literally could not understand what he was saying. They, he figures out how to talk with the bees, or he's able to translate their language. Mm-hmm. Which is where this movie goes all over. It goes to all the oh places you didn't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's before we get there, it starts with <clears throat> there is a company that wants to make some sort of uh, facial cream mm-hmm. out of the bee honey. Yeah, and they want to get their hands on the this, royal jelly of the royal I guess, jelly, honey. That's it, I guess, of honey. And they and honey they jelly get... is upsetting me, and I just want to put it out there that I find it upsetting. <laughs> honey jelly isn't a thing, and I'm finding it. It's pissing me off. All right, there, I said it. I'm upset. Honey jelly isn't real. It's honey. So... It's honey or it's jelly. It's not honey jelly. Right. This is where we get early on in the movie. We get our first. Masterclass in negotiation. Mm. <laughs> John Saxon's character meets with this company who is potentially going to fund his research if mm-hmm. he can get them these Africanized bees. And he ends up walking away. And Irving Gray, one of the one of the people of this company, goes down to Brazil again. The timeline: When did he, yeah. he left New York yeah. and went to Brazil? Like, when, was this yep. a week later, when, three weeks yeah. later? Who knows? It's, it's all over. And he goes to meet with Julio Cezo, who is I, uh, owner of a farm. He was in the beginning part of the movie. For yeah, he saves bit. Sandra out of like right. the cold storage, right? Like right. She, she, exactly. She, her husband locks her up in the cold storage and gets killed by the bees because he has to go get all his notes. <laughs> and he's the one that's actually like telling Franklin that the, the villagers are coming. So <clears throat> Irving Gray goes down there. Now – Take away the bee part, or the and the jelly part, or the bee, or the honey and the jelly part. Oh God, so upsetting! You're you <laughs> are going down to establish a new business relationship with a brand new partner. Uh, you know, you'd probably be thinking, okay, we've got to talk about how much could we potentially make on this? How are we going to do profit sharing? What are some potential sales goals? This person in Brazil has the product, so you're going to have to think about, is there some sort of procurement process that we have to go through? There's a lot in the negotiation that has to happen here. But this is where we overthink things, because it can be as simple as this. Julio, Julio Cesar, I've got some news for you, and some money. What kind of news? How much? How would you like to spend your vacations in the United States? All expenses paid by my company. You better not be cheating me, mom. I'm not. It's for sure. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the art of negotiation. The, the art of negotiation. Mm-hmm. Keep it tight. Keep mm-hmm. it short. Promise me we're, we no, are not he, cheating you, my no, man. We're not Julio cheating you. Did on the level. On a, did die on a plane smuggling African bees in the United States. But oh, my God. That details. Details. That was their plan. The deal that was is made. unbelievable. <laughs> With you, like, we're going to wrap up some killer bees in a belt and put that on you and have you get on a plane. It'll be fine. Will they sting me through this? No, you're good. I mean, maybe once or one or two, but it'll be fine. But you're going on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's all expenses paid. It's no big deal. And how yeah. could he have, having worked on a bee farm, be signed up for that? It's 
the allure of a free vacation in the United States. It was just too much. You, you know? Which is also more than a little bit condescending right there. But Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also thought it was just uh, uh, th- these guys are amazing, which, of course, is uh, the guys that are working for Big Sugar. Because big sugar big honey. is big honey. Big honey. Because remember, but when they when they're they meeting the beginning with all the ambassadors of all the countries of the world in a small room at what is it's evidently right. like it's the right. embassy suites, the, the the representative from Cuba is super fucking pissed off because we're we're shitting on sugar. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because they say honey is replacing sugar in a in a multitude of products around the world. Uh, now this is before big big uh, corn syrup came in and was like fuck all right. you know, we got something cheaper and better for you <laughs> not better not better physically just better profit <laughs> profitability yeah, right. cheaper yeah. um, and easier to yeah put in there. They, yeah yeah but it's not big it's big honey I didn't realize honey was such a in the seventies honey must <laughs> honey was big shit yeah yeah um, all right. <laughs> It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. And that, that's, and hey, that's it. That right. masterclass Thanks. worked, Ryan or Thanks. Mark. Yeah, it worked yeah. on Ryan. Look yeah. at that. Look at keep it short and sweet. Short you know? and sweet. I mean, I, He's convinced. There you go. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, we have them negotiating about honey. We having uh, our scientists work in there, and we are instantly thrown. There's a lot of just. Bee attacks. When the bees attack, they happen in big chunks, and then they go away. Yes. So we have a lot of uh, uh, starting at the beach, including the poor girl who just wanted to enjoy a donut in the bathroom. Oh, I know. But what's funny <laughs> is to me is like of a beach, the, and if anyone's yes. been to a public bathroom in, at a beach in oh, California and Venice, even in the nineteen seventies, <laughs> you're the, like the oh, last thing you want to do is eat the smell in, in there. Bathrooms. Like you are like, ooh, powdered donut time. Like ooh, that is maybe not. I sit on the steel toilet. Yeah, and, this, and enjoy that, that. that does not that does not smell good in there. <laughs> what I love about this movie is how it instantly like d- doesn't represent its own rules correctly because. Uh, John Saxon's date that we were talking about, who disappears from the movie, she got stung once, right? And he's like, "Oh, she got stung by the bee," and she was like, oh, and, "And and Sandra like uh, jokes, oh, she's gonna die," and she's like, "Oh no, she'll be fine. Like one sting, you'll be fine. Hundreds, you're gonna die." Now the girl in the bathroom, just trying to enjoy a donut, gets stung once and instantly falls down and dies. Then because she because she's eating a donut. <laughs> Right, she died for the donut. It's, yeah, she never bites the donut. The poor girl never gets to eat that oh, goddamn she donut. Got that donut? So unfair. Oh, it's unfair. But then you go out to the beach, and then there's a guy running up like he's with his shirt off, like he's been running. The guy does not look like a runner. He does not. He's not in don't running shame form. Shame people for you don't know where he is in his workout journey, Ryan. God, <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> But he notices underneath the lifeguard tower, there's tons of bees. And all of a sudden, there's hundreds of bees. And everyone's getting attacked by hundreds of bees. And now we understand that there's tons of bees that will kill you when there's tons of bees. And they'll play that, like, violin sting. But what happened to the girl in the bathroom? 
what are the rules here? I'm just trying to catch up. What are the what are the rules? Perhaps she's very allergic to bees, and that's how she found out. That's that's true. Mark, death. what about what about the guy on the beach that sees the bees and faints and dies? Oh, he doesn't that even part. get stung. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you don't even have he to get looked, stung. That's when they when they go back to the beach and they all look up and just see the swarm up in yeah. the sky, and he just keels over. Yeah. <laughs> because imagine your fear. Imagine, if you will, that you are on a public beach, <sighs> and you look up, and there's just a swarm of bees in the sky. You and again, you on, the, dead. on the beach, nobody thinks to run into the water because, again, I guess they sting through the well, water. That, it's, because it's as the little cold. boy, that I is guess cold in that water. But then, did you bring a also, spring suit? I'm not going right. to jump in that You better water. be. It looks sunny and warm in Southern California, but I mean. It's like 65 in that yeah, water. It's still yeah. cold. Uh, you don't want to just dive in. But then they have, those bees have the gall to attack at the equestrian center? Have the you, bee balls. Have you know. The balls on the those bees. Bee balls on those bees. <laughs> How dare you attack at the equestrian center? People are trying to ride horses and jump over obstacles, you animals. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but what triggers a bee swarm? A swarm like that? Swarm? Yeah, a swarm. (laughs) What do you call it? A swarm. A swarm. We're saying it the same way. You're saying swarm. I'm saying swarm. Swarm. We're saying it the same way. All right. Well, the swarm is when the bees, they outgrow their home Uh or it becomes too congested or too populated. Right. And so it's time to swarm. So if you're wondering if you can outrun a bee swarm, you can if you can run faster than 12 to 15 miles per hour. So I can't personally outrun a bee swarm. I'm I'm screwed. So I might as well just take my donut into the bathroom and enjoy because I'm on my way out. And what should you do, bee swarm you? I guess call 911 because that's what it says on Google. If bees swarm around you, just stay back and keep away from the swarm. Well, thanks a lot, Google. Wouldn't that be helpful to know that I should just stay away from the swarm? Stay away. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Google. Uh. Then I they also Google, there there was a scene uh, maybe we're getting to it. There's a scene in the park where this guy asked oh, two kids. What's to the deal with that beads. scene? Oh dude, my favorite scene. Just uh just uh just a t- yeah. Because he's got arthritic knee yep. and it helps with the pain. Yeah. And I did Correct. do I, of course I did a Google search. Of course. And there is there is evidence that Bee stings do help with arthritic pain. It's called, oh, yes. I would like to disagree as someone who suffers from arthritic pain and was stung on my face in the summer <laughs> by a bee. Did nothing. There is, no, I think you have to put it on the arthritic part of your body. You have body. to put it on oh. the arthritic You can't just have yeah. you sting you anywhere. It has to be on the thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't have a chance the... to negotiate with the it's bee. True. It was too it's busy true. swarming me, and I had to just accept it. You can't, it can't swarm if there's one. Just I, felt single. I felt swarmed. I felt swarmed. That is actually called bee venom acupuncture therapy is what wow. it's called. Uh, it happens to be Can I get my that at Knott's Berry Farm absolute, and kill two birds with one stone? <laughs> it's my absolute favorite scene. I love that scene. That scene is unbelievable. It's but I, I was going to talk about the rose. He also is very agile for a man who is suffering from arthritis. He rolls over he that park bench. He rolls over like... that park bench. I mean, everything... <laughs> He he! First of all, for two dollars, uh, gets these kids to get bees and puts them on his leg. Though. This is 1978. 1978. Like so, so it's pretty good. Pretty pretty decent <laughs> amount at that point. 
Twenty. Mark's, Mark's done the. Did you crunch the numbers? <laughs> did you do the exchange rate? No, I just figured with inflation and everything, it's got to be like twenty five bucks. <laughs> you specifically said twenty seven, and I'm going to hold you to that number, sir. I'm going to hold you to that number. Twenty seven and a half. Yeah. Oh, he said and a half. He's and a half. It. Ooh, it's still it keeps <laughs> growing. It's growing. <laughs> this two dollars is. He is incredibly athletic for having a bad knee, but you know. Yeah, in a it's moment of, knee, of fear and tension, you will you will have athletic feats. So He's, that's what I'm assuming is happening it there. It seems like a setup for something much more sinister and mm-hmm. awful to be like, hey, boys, there's $2 in it for you if you can take these paper bags and get me some bees. Just feels like bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And of course it does. The park fills with bees. The old man d- falls all over the park bench. He almost makes it to his car. The guy that's on the bike, the kids hide by a statue. Like the kids, <laughs> like the bees are going to be like, what happened to those boys? Like they suffer from object permanence. And they were like, I saw two boys. And then suddenly they disappeared. I'm a bee. I can't find them. They were doing, I, they were playing a game of peekaboo with the yeah, bees. Yeah, I mean, I, that scene, it's absolutely my favorite. Um, I was going to talk about the Rose Parade because that is also another terrific scene. Uh, 1978, of course, is the year that Gerald Ford was the Grand Marshal that year. And uh, he is there in the movie. All of a sudden, uncredited, there's Gerald Ford. Yeah. yeah. This movie uses a lot of found footage. They they do. But here's the thing. I We were looking through this scene, Eric and I, because... I figured a lot of this was uh, just stock footage that they got as well. But they actually use the float and actually fall onto the float. The exact Honda float that I was talking about, which is, I guess, I don't know, Tom Sawyer or somebody just laying back with a fishing pole. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense that that's Honda, but I already did that. Is that the city of Alhambra? Which which one was that? I don't know. There is a city of Alhambra. There's also a Mission Viejo's was, Day of the Fiesta float. Yeah, which and is prominently the featured. High School, the Millican High School float. Right, right. Uh, that Rose Parade, by the way, takes up about at least one hour of the movie. It is. <laughs> it's quite. It long. is quite. It it could have called this attack at the Rose, uh, the, the the tournament of roses parade. They they could have they could have called it that. It, it people would have been like that makes a lot of sense considering how much the Rose Parade uh, was prominently featured. Um, but I, they actually have people fall on top of that same float. So. Sure. Clearly, they had to have been shooting, and then they shoot most of the footage. They sh- they're shooting from so far up, and yeah. so I, I think they might have been there to just steal the footage. Now, obviously, later they have tons of stock footage of airplanes and explosions, crashes. and yeah, I mean they they have panic in the streets from the nineteen sixties. <laughs> yeah, they have tons of stock footage they throw in. I think that's one area where they may have actually shot it. I try to look it up and find out for sure, but you're probably right. You're probably but right. I think they actually did shoot that. And obviously their stands where they have their people and where they have a guy announcing that's something they built away from the parade. But I, I wonder if because also it's late, it seems later in the day when the bees attack and they fall on top of the float. If they maybe had access to one float, they were able to shoot over near it at like the end after it was done being in the parade. I don't know. This is me speculating, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I agreed. <laughs> okay. Just, See, it was just that simple. That's, that's all I had yeah. to do. Simple I mean, we talked about it, and I said, hey, look, oh. it looks like some of this is real footage, and some of it is not. And he agreed, and yeah, done. I bingo, agree. bango. 
Negotiation, that's how, that's baby. how it does. Uh, how to get rid of all these bees? It's easy. You just have to talk to the bees. Mm-hmm. You have to talk to bees. It's simple. You it's have to learn their language. You have to learn how to talk to them. You also have to have the pheromone. The pheromone. That's right. But you also have to have an the artificial pharaoh? bee. Pheromone. Pheromone. Shit. Yes. I don't feel like we're saying that one the same though. Pheromone. 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 Yeah. Pheromone. Yeah. Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, one am I not saying correctly? So I think it's pretty simple and the science seems pretty sound. Let's see this listen to this clip. She's telling him about a hundred meters to the northwest, you see? Two rotations to the left, and the transit of twelve meters, and that pause there. So far it is clear. But how do they know about the quantity and the quality? Listen. See, she's telling them it's pretty good, but there's not much of it. So, you see, only a few workers need for that particular flower. It's amazing. How did you figure that out? The computer. I have a program now. It's very much like translating an unknown language. If you have enough inscriptions, you can discover the pattern. But can you talk back to them, too? Ah, I'm working on that. Yeah. What? I... I... Yeah. <laughs> 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 well... I'm 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 sorry. What was that? Now what That's was all science. of that? Let's be yeah, science, I, baby. No, no idea. Zip zap, flippy uh, flap. Oh my god! <laughs> this is also a great section of the movie because at this point, Ziggy is basically like losing his mind. Like they'll cut back to him on occasion <laughs> in the lab. Like he's like just talking in, to the bees. Yeah. He's just like sweeping them with a little brush. Like, hey, get back in there, you crazy bee! Like he's he's suddenly wearing a scarf. All of a sudden, one in one scene, right. it's, there's no reason for it. I'm right. like, he's just going insane, right? Like he's losing. Yeah. We but we totally. are talking about it, but he's lo- he's losing his mind around all these bees. Hundred percent. Right? This is back to like the zany antics of bee scientists. <laughs> yes. In yes. the meantime, John Saxon's character is trying to pitch the this pharaoh idea of like we can put this stuff in the atmosphere. Right. It's going to make all the bees like. Forget the queen and mate with each other. I don't know what problem that solves. It doesn't seem like my. Well, the they map, won't. I don't. They, they they won't. They won't make more bees. Is I believe the what will happen. Sure. I well. I guess. I okay. But he goes to a board meeting. See, great negotiation. I just I yeah. got Mark on board. Yep. It was yeah, with an okay. I, got... <laughs> I mean, if we could shake hands right now, it would be done. But done deal. I just had to do a virtual shake. Mark, could you sign on that line there? So he goes to a board <laughs> meeting to present his this idea. Now, when you go to present, I have a plan. I have a product. I want you to spend a bunch of money to buy the product, and I'm going to prove to you the product can work. You're going to bring slides. You're going to bring data. You're going to bring pamphlets. You're going to bring a lot of tactical things that people can bring back to their office and do their research. But not John Saxon. He just needs a good intro. The queen bee leads her swarm from the hive in order to start a new colony somewhere else. Now, the drones, that is the fertile males, must mate with her on this so-called nuptial flight. They find her by scent. That is, the queen bee gives off a chemical odor. 
which the drones can detect for hundreds of yards. So what Dr. Hummel proposes is the synthetic manufacture of this chemical, which is known as a ferron, and can be sprayed into the atmosphere, and we believe cause the drones to become confused and attempt to mate with each other rather than with the queen bee. Gentlemen, Dr. Norman, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! That's it! Boom! Holy that's shit. it! I, that's all you gotta do. Just That's it. Just be convincing and be brief. Mm-hmm. That's and right. was it the fact that he slipped in nuptial flight? I don't know. I felt yeah, like, I where do know, I sign? Yeah, that's a good, that's mm-hmm. a good point. That's all this sounds good. good all this science sounds good. Of course, this is uh, all Big Honey is hoping is that they will still continue to make the honey. That's what they're still worried about. Ultimately, they go yeah. with this plan, but they also they really just want to make sure that they still are getting their record profits. They made record profits in honey, but uh, they 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 do get a little nervous because Ziggy though they they mentioned him that clip. John Saxon talks to him by his, his doctor uh, by his last name, which is I think the first time Ziggy is called by his last name. Doctor Hummel. Hummel. So Hummel. the fact that he says Dr. Hummel makes you go, who's Dr. Hummel? Who? Right. Oh, because right. they always call him <laughs> Ziggy. So you have no idea who Dr. Hummel is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but they put a contract out on Ziggy. Big Honey is like, ooh, we got to kill him. He yeah. knows He knows that we've been, I guess, taking money off the books. This is all due to the, like the original guy. Uh, Dr. Miller in Brazil, and they've been taking money between him and the Department of Agriculture or something. Somehow they're scheming some money off the top, whatever to that is. To get to the Royal Jelly Company. I, I, it's, I, Do uh, not say honey jelly. I'm getting pissed. <laughs> to, to, mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So they, they put out this contract. <laughs> if anyone shoot, knows who that's from, you're an NWBBVIP. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be okay. Oh my God! Do something, please! All right, don't move him. I'm going to radio for help, all right? <laughs> so then they shoot Ziggy. Yep. But they don't get... Uh, John Saxon's character or Sandy, and the nope. the yeah. and and so the and clearly the, they well and he says who else knows about it they do yeah but they put the hit out on on Siggy though actually no they were supposed to kill them too that it just right. that they weren't there exactly at the time. so the so then the head of the Department of Agriculture who hired the hitman is super pissed off right last point of negotiation you hire a team to come work for you. They're not delivering in the way that you expect. Now, you have to strike a balance between I'm very disappointed and I'm almost on the verge of firing you, but I don't want to demotivate you. So what do you do from a management tactic to keep these people motivated, but also let them know that, you know, you're uh, you're on the verge of losing this deal. Uh, and this is what the Department of Agriculture the guy from the Department of Agriculture, this is his tactic, and I think it's effective. Hello, this is your client. Why haven't I heard from you? Look, I have a contract. I want it to be taken care of immediately. 
That's all you got to say. That's it. That is it. I have a contract. Honor the contract. Mm -hmm. Honor Mm -hmm. the contract. Come on. I have a contract. The person on the other line is like, oh, shit. I didn't know they had a contract. Oh, fuck. Well, Mm -hmm. we're screwed. We're screwed. They have a contract. So we better listen. Mm -hmm. Telling you, this movie. This This movie. What's so funny it about it is that they they it seems like it ends twice. They put the ferrum out. It's starting to stop the bees from pre- reproducing. They celebrate. Then Big Honey puts out a contract on Ziggy. Ziggy's killed. They aren't. Seems like, okay. And then the bees attack Big Honey. They kill Big Honey. And you're like, hooray, bees. We've all, we're done. No, wait, no. There's more. And again, we always I try to warn a little bit that we're going to go through spoilers. We can't spoil this movie. It's impossible to spoil. Mm-hmm. There's too much weird random stuff. Everything's assembled in a very random order in this movie. Because the end of this movie is most movies middle. And <laughs> because I'm convinced. Because, I mean, I, again, are I'm you on convinced? Board. Are you I'm convinced? I'm convinced. convinced. Yeah. That's it. Good. Because I, I have a contract with you two. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the last 10 minutes is dense with like suddenly the ferrum's not working and the bees are reproducing rapidly and at millions a day yeah, they and mute, they are they attacking. Mutated and now and, they have a yeah. they have a they have their own language and we're trying to decipher it and nothing's working and there's all these more attacks and the Air Force is dropping bombs on bee farms. And like, yeah. what is happening? There are like, people is, with flamethrowers, like yes, burning just fields. burning. Like, <laughs> and, and then he goes to the UN. It's like, and then it's done. <laughs> and you're like, wait, where was all this urgency an hour ago when we were just like filming bees with old school, you know, TV studio cameras and, you know, Ziggy was like, hooray, the, the results or whatever. And we were just goofy. There's literally a scene where Sandra goofs off in front of the camera. Oh. And she's holding a tray of bees. Oh, and they're the- just like, oh, her. Mm-hmm. And then you she mean, you comes mean the up scene behind them. Between John Saxon and John Carradine deciding which one wants to fuck her more. Yes! That, that's <laughs> yes! My fa- that is my favorite scene. Because it, it is very uncomfortable. Comfortable. <laughs> and it does at least address the fact that that John Carradine and and uh, and her are supposedly like related, and that that's not very cool. But yeah, but but uh, it's cool. It's, it's cool. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, uh, this movie ends all of a sudden at the very end. They try to bring in an environmental message. At the right. very at the end very of the tail movie. end, mm-hmm. <laughs> when they could have sprinkled that throughout, like yeah. right. I mean, yeah. Uh, and you could argue that it is subtly there the whole time. Of course, it, but yeah, certainly, but it's not like it, it's it's so like. Wait, what? I mean, we are dealing with bees, no, but they I mean, start but, pounding. They start pounding that at the very end, but also there's no resolution. No, it's like either either the bees have decided they have communicated with each other. That John Saxon suddenly understands that, and he gives he can understand their language now. That <clears throat> they well, can't either, quite it, because even Sandra's is like we can, we're trying to decipher your language. We can't quite figure it out. But he so does I say to them they, that what they've said is either we change the way that we're treating the Earth, right, which is in the trailer, 
or that we played, they will destroy us as right. humans. Right. And I guess that's the message that Alfredo Zacharias wants to leave us with. But then that's the end of the movie. Right. There's not I a decision. dare a bee. You know what? I double dare a bee to destroy me faster than I'm destroying myself. <laughs> Let's go, bees. Let's go. You think you got me before I got me? Good luck, Guarantee bee. I'm winning, bees. Good luck, bees. I got a contract out on me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I am executing it much faster than anybody anticipated because I... Love myself, bees. I also hate myself, which is a perfect, beautiful segue into things we love and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we love and the things we hated about the bees. Mark, let's start with you. What's something you loved? I loved all the weird juxtaposition between the wacky life of bee scientists against people dying from bee attacks it's like two movies were smashed together. Yeah. Of like yeah. almost like a <clears throat> 1970s sitcom of B scientists mm. with mm-hmm. people dying. Now, yeah. It's yeah. it's not dying in a gruesome or gory or shocking way. It's almost a little comical, but you do have legions of people dying. And then they will cut back to like what you said about Sandra holding like a tray of bees and giving like smoochy faces and silly faces. And you're like, do you, is there no sense of urgency? Do you know that people are dying all around the world and you guys are just goofing off? But I kind of loved how strange that juxtaposition was. So that's something I loved in this movie. I mean, I think, I think that's where we see the difference between if Jack Hill had directed this, uh, which I think maybe would have corrected a little bit of these weird tonal shifts, or at least made that tone more consistent and more acceptable. And Alfredo Zacharias directing it where it feels like what odd shifts we have at the same time. You're right. I think that's kind of the charm of this movie is that if, you know, if you, if you're charmed by it at all, it's that what is happening in this movie? Like it does seem to, if it, this is a movie that's made and it feels like the filmmakers are like, we have nothing but time. We will get around all the stuff we need to. And then they basically go, oh, shit, here's our point. Okay, we're out. Like, but uh, but yeah, it has a lot of weird shifting tones. Uh, If Jack Hill had directed this, there would have been a lot more boobies. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And he did hire a Playboy playmate or a a woman who had had has was naked in a lot of movies. So I yeah, that probably would have happened. Also would have been a little bit more gory because Zacharias said that he didn't want to put gore into the movie. That's just not what he felt comfortable with. So I would guarantee like the lack of nudity and also all that, which again, Jack Hill, uh, Roger Corman, you kind of, I mean, it's fine. You don't put it in, but you just kind of have that expectation. It's going to happen because it's, you know, those two guys. Mm -hmm. But Zacharias, I think is probably why that doesn't happen. Erica, what is something you loved? I, uh, like Mark also liked the juxtaposition. Just kidding. I didn't even think about it that much. I like when people got stung to death by bees. <laughs> That's it. That's the beginning and the end of it. I thought it was hilarious. When that guy dropped dead on the beach just from seeing the swarm oh, of bees. It was so hilarious. Great. Oh, it's so good. When the my my special favorite death, special shout out was the woman who's on the beach in an RV. 
and runs mm-hmm. out and she's like, kids, time for dinner. The beach is abandoned. There's nobody, <laughs> nobody on that there. beach. Nobody there. She's like, kids, time for dinner. And then the bee swarm comes after her and she runs inside. There's no dinner ready. Nope. The only thing in that RV is like a can of Coke and Sprite. There's no food. So... <laughs> Jokes on you, kids! You were gonna That's run inside. That's what they were gonna have for dinner: was a coke a and a can sprite. Of soda. I prepared you a sprite and I prepared yeah. you a coke. Your favorite. So that was the bees going. You're not a fit. You're an unfit mother. That's right. We're sting, taking sting, you down. Also, they were doing the kids a favor. Yeah. It was I also, also loved the, the commercial. Uh, my- <laughs> she wants to give them dinner and get them to bed. Yeah. She's got a beach to party on. I also loved the uh, the commercial for the face cream. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> Where they're car- essentially, they're, it's like a um, gosh, just guys carrying a woman in yeah, like on a, a like Cleopatra, like Cleopatra. Yeah, like Cleopatra yeah. style, and they mm-hmm. place her down, and she's like speaking about this face cream, and then just put. Dots, just dops, just dabs dabs it, on her, like, it on her face. <laughs> yep, on her nose and her forehead it's and her so cheeks. So great. Yeah. A new discovery in natural beauty creams. The same formula used by the Queen of Sheba, which devastated the great King Solomon and made him her slave. What was her secret? Royal jelly. And now, the Procter and Bennett Company has rediscovered this long lost miracle produced only by a rare species of African bee. That's like playing a cigarette commercial after a documentary on lung cancer. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely a commercial that a man wrote that they were like, oh, I know how ladies commercials go. <laughs> and, and, and speaking <laughs> of what Mark horrible. talked about earlier, in that same scene, John Carradine's like under a blanket sitting on the couch. And at one point looks like he's nodding mm-hmm. off. And I'm like, was his character supposed to nod off or did John Carradine nod off? Oh, I hope both. Because uh, I don't hard, know. Hard money, hard money that he nodded off. And they were yeah. like, Aww. I mean, we're yeah. good. He was like, long day. Been a Aww. long day. But yeah, that's what I loved. Um, I also loved uh, that scene where they have a giant swarm and everyone's looking up at, at the swarm. <laughs> Not only does that guy fall over and that's great, but there's one girl who's looking at the bees and then she takes her glasses off and cleans them and then looks again and then she screams. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta yeah, know. Yeah, you were like, wait, is, is that? Just- Hold on a minute. Let me clean these. Oh, it is bees. Ryan, listeners, oh, Ryan has wow. perfect vision. He doesn't know the challenges of is it a smudge or is it a bee swarm? Oh, okay. Man. I wear glasses. I know. It could be a smudge. It could be a swarm. You got to check. Smudge versus... Hashtag smudge versus swarm. (laughs) Swarm? Swarm. So when you have glasses, do you constantly think like, is... Wait, I'm looking down that way. Is that a swarm of bees? Yes. It's a constant. Constant, like... Constant. Is that a swarm of bees or is that a cloud? I can't tell. So then you wipe the glasses. Oh, oh. Yeah. Just a cloud. Yeah, just a cloud. I'm fine. Uh, the other thing I loved or was... just an army of zombies coming down that oh, over there. Oh, I thought it was a I'm swarm of bees, but it's just mm-hmm. a bunch of zombies. Uh, I also love the Jimmy Carter scene when yeah. Jimmy Carter oh, calls yeah. John Saxon yeah. just to like thank him for... Again, thank him for stuff that he didn't end up doing <laughs> right because right. the whole yeah. saving... Every, that's why I'm like, this movie has an ending. He gets a call from the president. They're like celebrating. Clearly, they're falling for one another. I'm like, we're good. Nope. We've got more movie. 
Oh, I love that. All right, let's switch to things we hated. Mark, what's something you hated? This isn't funny, but I hated John Carradine's arthritic hands. <gasps> oh, I know. Here's the it's thing. It's distracting. It's distracting. I'm not it's distracting, and I'm not trying to be funny. My wife's grandmother, who I only met once when she was like getting close to death, had the same hands. Mm-hmm. And she complained like my hands hurt so oh, yeah. much. Yeah. His and rheumatoid arthritis I, was and was insane. I know, and so and it looked the same as, as as she did. And you have to think while he's acting in this. At one point, Sandra grabs like she when she greets Uncle Ziggy, she yep. grabs his hand, yep. but then immediately pulls her hands back because you know how painful that must have been. And he was right. just like working through it. Yeah, it, it, I hate it only because like like this guy like he is he's obviously like I got to keep working. Sure. Even though he's in sure. pain, yeah, he's you know uh, up there in years. He's falling asleep, and which I know we just made fun <laughs> of, but set. I mean, but he's like, it just made me sad. They are just, I mean, they are distracting too. I mean, yeah. you you see the hands and well, they didn't time when he's like holding stuff, like grabbing a briefcase mm-hmm. and grabbing a coffee mm-hmm. cup, and you're like, don't shoot it that way, like right. Right. Like, don't embarrass this guy. I right. Mean, exactly. He's, he's got to live with this. There's a scene where they, like, give him a coffee cup, and he keeps just kind of touching it with his hand, and he clearly yeah. can't pick it up, and he looks down at it, but he's like, he can't grip it. By this point in his career, like, I know he's at the tail end, but he's had a pretty impressive career. Yeah. Don't, don't treat him like this. Yeah. Yeah. Erica, what, what's something you hated? It's tough to pinpoint something that you hate because this movie is so ridiculous. <laughs> I think, oh God, did I hate anything? You had to have hated something. There's This movie's a grab bag. There's something to hate. <laughs> I think what I struggle, maybe it's this. It's not that I hated this, but here was my struggle with this movie. Okay. Cover art. On the Blu-ray that we unfortunately own for this movie is... Or fortunately. Very different from this movie. Because it shows a swarm of bees on someone. In a cartoon yeah. fashion. It's not a realistic picture. It's clearly an artist depiction sure. of a bee sure. swarm on, sure. on a person. So you're thinking, oh my <laughs> gosh. This movie's going to be crazy. And it is crazy. But not for the way that you think or the expectation that is set from that. Because you're thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be all about, like, bees swarming people and they're going to, you know. And it, and it is. It isn't. You never really see anything like that or anything close to that. So what I struggled with was just how ridiculous this movie was and who is the audience for this movie right because i think when you're when you're pitching something and maybe it was different then but i i have to think if you're pitching a movie it's like selling anything right if you're trying to sell anything to anybody the investor the studio the studio head the stakeholders, whoever, are going to want to know, who is this for? Who in the hell is this movie for? Who is it for? Bee scientists? Ecologists? Like, who is it for? The negotiation is keep it short. Keep it short. Yeah. I just, that's, so 
I guess if I hated anything, I, I truly walked away going, who is a fan of this movie? And I would love to interact with that person, to meet with them, to connect with them. So if you're listening and you're a fan, hit me up. Because I truly do not know. It's not a movie I particularly want to watch again. Because it's so ridiculous. So it that's is. if yeah. that's what I hated, I hated that I walked away going, who in the hell is this movie for? Why was it made? Uh, who is the target market? I'm unsure. Well, we will have an answer for you in the research to a degree. I'm not sure it's going to satisfy you, but we, there will be an answer. Oh, well. Which we sort of talked about a little problem bit Problem solved. I guess I hated nothing then. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, who would, why was made, uh, who was for, I don't know, but why was made, um, we'll get to a little bit. Um, I hated the fact that this was shot and edited like complete shit. I mean, this, <laughs> this just is, I mean, yeah. shots of, uh, there's, sh- there's a scene where we have shots of characters and they're talking. And then, so it's like, they're negotiating, they're talking at a table. So we see shots I know of what characters you're talking about. and then we switch to the other characters, but those characters are still talking, but now you're just seeing the back of their heads and essentially seeing the characters we're looking at just react to the person still talking. It's like, there's just shots like that <clears throat> there's shots like that and it's edited in a way that's just like why would you do why would you do that did you not shoot a close-up can you not shoot a close-up and then you can shoot to another one like it just makes these decisions that just don't make any sense there's odd reaction shots that's put over while somebody's talking where we should probably see the person talking it's just this movie is a mess it's fun in if it's fun at all i think it's fun because it's such a mess but this movie is a mess. And it's like if you really you really have to I have to turn that part of my brain off where you're watching like how poorly this is constructed to be like, it doesn't matter. And look, we watch a lot of New World movies and a lot of these movies, especially in the early 70s. Um, and a lot of the movies in the 70s have that sort of, you know, if you will, a handmade quality. And this one definitely feels like. Uh, and Alfredo Zacharias is not a first time director. He had made movies in Mexico, like, but it feels like somebody's just starting out and figuring some things out. And it, it's just such a mess. It is such a mess. And like I've been saying, the editing of it, I just, maybe that's how the, the, the script was constructed. We'll talk about that a little bit in the research, but I don't understand the structure to this movie. Why did we not have a heightening of the B problem earlier in the film? Why is it stuck right. on almost like a tacked on scene at the end of the film? It just doesn't, it boggles my mind. So that's the things, the stuff that I hate about this movie. Let's get into our favorite scenes. I already mentioned my favorite scene. So Mark, what's yours? It's all the like stock footage scenes. Uh, all the stock footage scenes uh, plus the Sandra really the, creepy, the Saxon uh, John Carradine yeah. scene where yeah. they're both like between all like it's a like it is those three together the John Saxon and Ziggy uh, trying both getting a boner over a yep. really awkward awkward video of Sandra and then the stock footage of air crash aircraft airplane aircraft crashing for no good reason they right. don't explain why they crashed they just crashed and then stock footage of Panic running down the streets shot in the 1960s, maybe the 1950s even. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? wait, wh- and what are they running from? 
they didn't anyway. I, yeah. I there's also it. the shots like uh, though that had to be stock footage too when they were spraying the ferrum from the back of the oh, plane. Yeah. Totally, that has to be stock totally. footage. And that stock footage, they apparently used every frame because there's at least ten minutes <laughs> of them spraying ferrum. I was like, <laughs> I was like, go heroes! Look at this hero shot where we are just <laughs> constantly checking out a plane spraying. Like all that's all we see is just spray right. coming out of the back of a jet. We don't really see it fall on anything. We're just seeing it spray out. And we see a lot of it. We see several angles. They apparently got a great deal on that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, the, the the topography of all those shots is so drastically different. Oh, yeah. You're like, where is this happening? Yeah, I we don't. Have no, we have no frame of reference from, from a They literally yeah. cut to John Saxon talking, uh, talking with a big giant map in front of him so we can kind of get our bearings at yeah. all. Which, you know. But from all the kills, shouldn't they have just been soaking the beaches with that stuff? <laughs> apparently I mean, the beach yeah. is the most hard hit. Because they love water, yeah. apparently. These love beaches. I, they, <laughs> they're always, if you notice in the beach, they're always swarming around yeah. the, gar- the garbage can. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, the, that's the quote right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Erica, what was your favorite scene? I already mentioned the... Uh, the commercial, which I just found particularly yeah, hilarious. Yeah, My yeah. other favorite was um, the uh, bee puppet that Ziggy puts in there. Remember? Oh. When yes, the, the artificial puts, bee. Oh. The artificial bee. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I almost oh I felt God, like saying like Ziggy, bee. bees are not this dumb. Yeah. Because the artificial bee is yeah. just like bees jumping all over the place, it, and like it looks. I mean, it almost invalidated all the science because bees are very intelligent and for them to just put this little bee puppet in there that just flopped around i'm like these bees would either ignore that thing right or attack it and kill it sure because it yeah. absolutely does also, not look does like it give off any scent because that's right? what part of their thing also, is, is their antennas and they use the sense of smell and so like, it looks like a ball of and it doesn't look like any wings. yeah it, it doesn't look yeah. like anything it looks like a cat toy <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's tricking a cat because cats are idiots. But yeah. it's not tricking a bee. No, I no. just I laughed so hard at that that I actually went back. I, had, I was like, I have to see this again. Like, am I seeing like? I was like, did I fall asleep and dream this? So no, I had to go back really, and rewatch. I'm like, oh no, this is real. It's so silly. And somebody signed off on that and was like, yep, the science mm-hmm. adds up. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's get into our final questions. These are our final questions for the bees. When Sandra first goes to meet John Saxon, she's been roughed up, so he gives her a tw- a tranquilizer. Why does he give her a tranquilizer? Yeah, a trank. I uh, I think it's because the the ultimate pharaoh is the Saxon. And he yeah, has right, to like right. he knows he's like Shit. I have to knock her out or else I gotta knock her out or she's or, going to attack me yeah, in the middle of the This night 30 because... day mourning period's gonna be over. <laughs> I thought right. it honestly made me think people haven't tranked me enough. It made me feel like the next time I come over, have the trank prepped. I wanna leave here tomorrow because I've been tranked. <laughs> Prep the trank. Okay, friends? All right? You care about me? Trank me. We don't have any tranquilizers in the house, yeah. and I feel like that's a mistake, apparently. Well, that we need tonight, to get we need to get some tranks. Yeah. Clearly. This isn't uh, really a question. I just I just was curious if you guys are you guys gonna play um basketball at the courts near the beehive cave later later or are you guys No, I got a donut to finish. 
<laughs> I'll be at the beach bathroom. Just because, I mean, if you, I just, I always love to play uh, basketball down at the courts that are right next to the Beehive Cave. You know, grab like a friend. Guys, guys I got a trank and a donate the donut to polish off. <laughs> they do spend a lot of time on that Beehive Cave. No resolution. No resolution. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just, yeah. but it kills me that that little girl just the basketball uh, rolls up. I'm like, where is the court near these giant where these caves? Also, that bee why cave? are they near any cave? Then these caves actually have all these beehives in yeah. it, which are making a fuck ton of noise, which only this kid has noticed just because the yeah. ball roll. I mean, well, kids can hear fuck tons easier than adults. Easier, <laughs> right? Because when we get older, your ability to decipher fuck ton sounds from a shit ton, it becomes yeah. Shit ton, you get fuck tons. You're like, I can't. I don't hear that anymore. That register doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't. Probably a fuck it doesn't ton of register. Noise. Probably a fuck ton of noise happening elsewhere. But gosh, my old ass ears can't hear. No, it. yeah, could be a fuck ton of noise happening right in this house right now. But we wouldn't know. Nope, we're too old. Um. Uh, what kind of phones does uh, Big Honey own? We we listened to that. We the listen, fucking best phones. The, we listened to that clip where money, money. The, the phone is a solid piece on the yeah. desk. It is. He has two of these things. Yeah. And it's he when he picks up that phone call and says, "Hey, what about my contract?" He hangs it up by just putting it back down on the desk. Yeah. I was Fuck like, yeah. "What is that? Wait, what?" You'll never understand that because honey money. You don't have that kind of money. I don't have honey money. That's right. You're right. John Saxon ends the movie by saying, we have to listen to the bees' demands. So I can only ask, what are the bees' demands? (laughs) What are they Uh, demanding? They They want their own beach. They want their own bee ball court. They want dinner. They, they, they want, want donuts. That, hey, open up that can of Coca Cola yeah. and Sprite. Pour it on the tray. That's our dinner. I think their demands weren't that much, and good seats at the uh, Rose Bowl parade. Rose parade, <laughs> right? Good seats this time. Excuse me, the tournament of roses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into our research. This is released in November 1978, the same year as Avalanche Woo! and Blackout. So Corman is going disaster film crazy. And that's, again, as I said, this is during a very big disaster craze. A November 1977 Hollywood Reporter article stated that the $850,000 picture was scheduled to begin production uh, March 1978 with Jack Hill directing. A January 1978 Variety news article announced principal photography was actually set for late January on the 30th in Mexico City, Mexico. At that point, uh, then Jack Hill gets replaced. Here's uh, why this movie is made. Because Warner Brothers paid Corman to hold the release of The Bees so they could release the Irwin Allen produced killer bee movie The Swarm, which we heard the trailer for earlier. In July of 1978, they were actually making that movie. And once that article came out, that's when Corman bought the story from the Zacharias and said, let's head to Mexico and shoot a killer bee movie to get out in front of the swarm. Much like Sorceress being a movie that he made in reaction to the fact that somebody was making a Conan the Barbarian movie. And he said, let's go make one of those real quick before they put out theirs. And Irwin Allen had, you know, produced, as I mentioned, the Poseidon Adventure and uh, Towering Inferno. So he was, you know, a hot shit producer, two huge hot hits. Shit. 
and and disaster films. Ooh, we hot shit. <laughs> and and he, you know, so he was like, I got to go make a B movie. And then Warner Brothers said, here's here's money. Don't put out your movie. Um, at the time, actually, Irwin Allen had a multi-film deal with Warners, which turned into some made-for-TV disaster movies, such as 1976's Flood and 1977's Fire. I say that because they have exclamation points. They have exclamation points. Theatrically, uh, the movies he would make were The Swarm, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, and when time ran out, all of which were box office disappointments. Mm. So this oh, is really? really the tail end of the disaster film craze. It's all sort of falling apart. I'm so pissed Poseidon Adventure was a box office flop. No, 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 no. Beyond the Poseidon Adventure was a flop. The original Poseidon... There's a sequel? The sequel, yes. This is how I find out? <laughs> yes. Through the research of the bees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God, <laughs> that's right. Um, a sheltered life. I've Tower and Inferno and Poseidon Adventure were huge hits, but those were earlier in the seventies, like early and mid seventies when those movies came. Out. I think seventy two and seventy four. So, um, but it's later, later in the seventies where they had just kind of everybody had made a bunch of disaster movies, and it just sort of people were done with it. Um, as for the money Corman was paid by Warner Brothers on the Blu-ray, Zachariah said that he doesn't know how much he was paid. But that all of a sudden he said he got $90,000 from Corman, which he was very happy to get because he put that money back into the movie. And yes, of course, I couldn't help myself but think, where did you put that money (laughs) into this movie for the stock footage? I I don't know where it went. (laughs) Probably to shoot that scene with a girl that goes off to in the bathroom to eat a donut. That's what I have to feel like it probably did. I guess. It did feel out of place. Yeah. Um, however, Jack Hill in uh, in the book he that I just got about him, uh, he actually talks about the money he was paid. He, uh, in, so here's his quote. Irwin Allen was coming out uh, with the swarm and he paid Corman, who was distributing our picture, two hundred thousand dollars not to release the film until after his, his was finished in the cinemas. They were scared because Roger had this reputa- reputation for doing those things cheaply and then cleaning up. And they were afraid that it would spoil the market for their picture. So Roger took the bribe and to hold back the bees until after Irwin Allen's movie. But the swarm was a flop. Whereas our producer did well with the bees overseas. The bees overseas. It did well. The bees overseas. (laughs) Good job, Roger. The bees overseas. Um, By the way, that was the, that was the easiest $200,000 that guy. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, uh, can you? Uh, I'll pay you two hundred thousand just to hold on this. He's like, fuck yeah, man. I'm. I, I, he, I'm and that's do what's that. so great about him. Like, <clears> he just, he just like did we it, would. We all of us would have been like, wait a minute, but they're going to capitalize on the market, and we're not going to mm-hmm. make any money. And he was like, all right, this is two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, we already I'll, are. Yeah, have less. We have to clear in terms of making money from this mm-hmm. movie, and exactly. we already spent. Less than a million dollars, mm-hmm. whereas I think the swarm was like twelve million, and I think it maybe made back just under its budget at the box office. Oof. So, like, Oof. you know that they didn't. He didn't have to make that kind of money. You know, yeah. like so that, he, that made the bees a six hundred fifty thousand dollar movie. Yeah, correct. Yeah, wow. So, and you got to think this is the same year. And I'm surprised he didn't make more. Disaster films because Blackout is a Canadian film that he purchases, so he didn't make that. Avalanche, 
he sold the footage, as we talked about last week in Meteor, he sold the Avalanche footage to the producers of Meteor. So, like, I I feel like he's doing really well. He's cleaning up with making these disaster movies. But I guess the market did dry up, so he just moved on. Um, But Hill talks about, uh, in the book as well, um, this book, The Exploitation and Black Exploitation Master, Jack Hill, um, he talks about how the fact that this this script that he wrote for this was actually uh, was one of the one of them that was mostly like they used his script. They didn't make as big of changes. He says um, he he does mention that the director shot most of the script as I wrote it, quote unquote. Um, he and he also takes the blame for the plot involving a pharaoh that turns the insects gay, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did some research on a pharaoh that attracts bees to other bees, and it was the release of that which would stop them from breeding. So apparently a lot of his script was used. I do question the order in which it was put together. Like, they use a script, but did they put it in the order that he wrote it? I don't know. Um, by the way, the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, which we watch, all watched, uh, runs about 92 minutes, which is a bit longer than the actual version that New World released, uh, mm. which only ran 86 minutes. Mm. And that version is only available on VHS. Uh, I could not find a copy online. Because not if to... he had, he would have immediately purchased it. <laughs> no, no, no. I <laughs> well, gotta own it on VHS and Blu-ray. Bees, 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 bees. I'm not bees. saying I won't eventually get that copy because I may. <laughs> But, but I found this out too late. So I was looking online for a online version, like somebody doing a VHS rip. And there may be, I couldn't find one, but there may be one. But uh, there may be one. Um, I, but, I see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, really top, top quality jokes here. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But I, yeah, so I, which makes sense. So challenge, I, challenge listeners. Where's that VHS? Where rip? is it? Tell us. Well, I, obviously it. it came out on video <laughs> because um, it is on VHS. I remember the VHS box because Warner Brothers picked up a bunch of New World titles at the time and they put them out on those big giant clamshells. And it's just the picture of John Saxon and Sandra like in bed with all the bees on them around like a green border. I remember seeing that clamshell thing a million times and I it's. It, that shot is so funny to me that it's used so often because it's them in bed with the covers on them, but there's supposedly bees all over the bed, but it looks like raisins or something. Like it doesn't look, <laughs> it does not look like actual live bees. So it's like, it's funny to me that that's the image that people use. But, um, wow. but anyway, uh, I did not see what that version is, but there's apparently another version anyway. So how big was the killer bee craze at the movies? Well, Killer Bee movies already uh, started back in 1966 with The Deadly Bees. It's an amicus British production directed by Freddie Francis, who was David uh, Lynch's DP on several films, including Dune. Um, 1974's Killer Bees is directed by Curtis Harrington. 1976's The Savage Bees, which is an NBC Monday night movie. Terror Out of the Sky is the sequel to The Savage Bees and is released a month after The Bees. This is just a taste of how many Killer Bee movies. So if you're talking about who was this movie made for, it's made for apparently a bunch of people who were nervous about Killer Bees. and So bee enthusiasts and bee 
Bee Warriors, I think. Bee I think Warriors. Bee, the killer bees, the fact that there is a killer bee and it was starting to escape from Brazil into South America was getting people freaked out that killer bees were going to get wow. into America, which, of course, they already have. But they were so like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? These killer bees could kill us. I mean, you know, it was just total paranoia. I mean, um, like like Y2K or something where people were like freaking out. <laughs> uh, so that is why this movie was made, not only because uh, and not only was it Corman's idea, but obviously Warner Brothers was making the swarm. And so he's like, let's all these movies, killer bees uh, in 74, Savage Bees in 76. He's like, let's get in on these killer bee movies. Hmm. So, and the disaster films in general. So, anyway, that's it. That is The Bees. Uh, let us know uh, what you think about Bees, if this movie was for you. Let us know if you know of a copy of that VHS version of The Bees. We want we want it. Uh, I, I want it in our home. Erica wants to watch it again. She doesn't. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, if you can, please rate and review this episode. You can actually find us. We have a website. You can go to it, uh, New World Podcast, New World Pictures Podcast.com. That's New World Pictures Podcast.com. Go to our website. You'll have a catalog of all of our episodes. You can see our t shirts. We have merch. Buy a t shirt, please. We have several t shirts of not just our logo, but also several uh, unique original designs we have done from various episodes. So if you've listened to a bunch of these episodes, or even if you haven't, Buy up a t-shirt. See if those designs and see if you like them. Buy the t-shirts. Rate and review. We'll see you next time on the New World Podcast. Bye, everybody.